This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the podcast for alpaca people. So nice to see you. Well, we sold a couple of females to join another one we had sold previously. Her companion suddenly developed a spinal injury and had to be put to sleep. It was really sad. Well, the new home was different and had some additional strangers in the form of pygmy goats. It took a little while. And some bad weather, but they all seem to be reaching an accommodation and sharing the field shelter, which is just as well. A couple of additional things will help in acclimatising and feeding them in the field shelter and putting a hay rack in there. The goats are enthusiastic eaters of hay, and more particularly the dried food in troughs and bowls at ground level. So smaller manger feeders at alpaca height have been added, plus the hay rack. I think everyone will get their share and they will find a way of settling into the new routines. This reminds me of when ours arrived for the first time and they, having been unloaded, they move into the middle of the field and they stand and face in different directions so that they can see any potential threats. Uh, they all kind of bunch together, but fairly quickly they start spreading out. They usually will start grazing. They will usually uh, relieve themselves so you, you'll get a little pile of beans starting to be developed. And they're, they're all good things to be seeing. They're all positive signs, which is nice. And that's, uh, yeah, that's part of the adjustment each time. And there we go. Then you home. They're going to get on well there, I think. Always give them time, I think, when you're moving animals like this. Try, give them time and try to limit the number of new things they have to cope with all at once. Not always possible, but as much as you can. And I've had a report from the new owners and they seem to be settling in well. I was going to go over and do some more handling and haltering, but well, we've had to postpone for a while due to positive COVID tests. So <laughs> it's part of what we have to live with these days, isn't it? There we go. The weather here is wet and windy. It's cold wind from the north, mainly from the north. We've had two named storms in the last two weeks and some high winds again. And it still seems to be coming from the, the bending direction, if you know what I mean. So it's, it's causing the trees to bend rather than uprooting or snapping them. So a bit of twigs down and little branches and things, but nothing too major. The ground is very wet. And I was going up to feed the boys the other day, and uh, this is what it sounded like. So I'm, I'm marching away through the, the wet, and it was just so much wet that it was all on the surface, and it was kind of... Good job you got Wellingtons on. Uh, waterproof boots. So that... The feet stay dry, uh, but it's, yeah, it's it's tr tricky. It, but it settles quickly into the ground eventually. But when you've had rain on top of rain on top of rain, it's wet everywhere. 
And the alpacas are much lighter on the ground because of the, the pads rather than a hoof. They're much lighter on their impact on the ground. You don't get too much damage, but you do still get, if it's wet like this, you do get uh, mud being created and backward forward. So you can see a definite paths where the, the alpacas are backwards and forwards. It's kind of liquid uh, slippery mud. <laughs> so I take my little steps. I walk slowly. I take small steps because I like to remain upright. Uh, the alpacas seem to cope okay because they've got four-wheel drive or four-foot drive. And as it dries out, then you can see the definite paths. You can see the desire lines, the, the, the path where they walked. There are certain routes that they'll take. And it's obviously just the, partly it's the shortest route, but partly it's the the contours of the land that they'll follow. And you notice that, particularly with the boys up on the top of the hill, when when I go up to feed them there, there's some definite paths that they come down the steep hill. Some of this, the hill there is three in one. Uh, it is very steep. And the rest of it is still steep, even if it's not quite that steep. So they'll come down at an angle and they'll come using the shape of the land, the contours of the land. And you develop a definite path and when the, the bracken grows up, it hides that. But as it's dying right back now, you can see very clearly the way that they will travel backwards and forwards. The other day, we had a, we had a sheep. <laughs> Just the one. I'm not quite sure how it got. Th Sometimes they'll, they'll, they'll test the fences, I think. So they'd had a go. Uh, this one had got through and then got stuck and couldn't get back again. So the others were not too far away. So it was up at the top of the hill, crying and calling to the others that he could see but couldn't get back to. So I managed to find a way. Uh, do, you know what it, do you know what it took? Do, do, you know, do, you know, do you know what I had to do in the end? I had to walk up the hill. That was it. That was, that was my big fix. I walked up the hill and the panic of this strange man coming up the hill with his waterproofs and wellies on meant that this sheep did find that way back over the fence that it they always like to go back the way they came I think generally so it, it went back uh, up over the top of where it had come in and I was able to see the low spot and I drove in a couple of new posts and just lifted the fence back up again and nailed it um, I do think it's interesting the 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 things that you fix the fencing and the barbed wire if you can use barbed wire to the posts with are called staples and of course these are not the staples you get in a staple gun or a, a staple for doing papers um, but it's two prongs and you're driving them into the post so you find find a, a technique eventually that works and seems to to hold the wire and hold things in place so that's uh, back and much taller than it has been for a while and secure again at least in that that bit. It's a good time of year to be looking at fencing because the vegetation is so low. It's thin. It's uh, dying back. The brambles are still there. You need to perhaps cut some of those back. But generally, the vegetation is has died back. You can see what's going on. You can see the fence. You can see any of those little holes that uh, develop, really, for all kinds of reasons, but often just because they got a bit rusty. And they blow in the wind and they bend backwards and forwards and it rubs a bigger hole. And then if you've got a sheep that decides it's going to come through a hole, then it opens that up even further. Generally, we've managed to cover most of those. Uh, when we first moved in onto the farm, we had a few areas where there were definite holes and <laughs> the sheep kept appearing and I couldn't work out. We gradually worked out one hole and another one 
and another one, and we reduced their options. And now it's just the occasional when they come up over the fence. So we're getting better at having good neighbours and not having <laughs> visitors and uh, causing problems that way. So fencing, good time of year as always, but everything else, when it's wet and windy like it is, I think most of it can wait till tomorrow or even next week or even next month. Do what you have to. There's some drainage ditches and things around the, the stable I need to keep free. The alpacas walk and mud drops into the channel and it stops <laughs> draining away. Uh, then it's in danger of overflowing when you get a really heavy downpour. And we've had some really heavy downpours. But there we go. Uh, and my waterproofs, yes, I've discovered my waterproofs in the heavy rain are not living up to their name. They're not waterproof. So... At some point, they will need to be changed. I've got a few pairs of waterproof trousers here and there, so I, I kind of switch around. They get snagged with fencing, you know, barbed wire or fencing or a bit of bramble or something, and they get a tiny little hole or a tear. And then that starts to be a weak point, and you start, <laughs> when you take them off, you realize you've got this great big, large patch of dampness. And uh, you can get away with it briefly. But if you're doing a lot of time outside and if you don't get a chance to get dry, get the, your clothes dry again between <laughs> arriving back and going out again, then it's a bit it's a bit miserable. Don't like that so much. So it's, it's another management of the clothing that you wear at this time of year. Keep you warm, keep you dry. And uh, hat, I tend to be wearing my hat a lot more. Is that, is that a sign of getting old? I'm not sure. Not sure, but it, it it seems to work and keeps me happier to have my hat on. So I'm going to go with that. And gloves as well, because there's a biting wind. It's all very familiar, the wind from the north. It feels like it used to when I was a kid, when I was young and lived up in the northeast of England and used to get that wind coming off the North Sea. Here we are on the west coast, in down here in, in, uh, in Wales, and we get... We get wet, but it's not quite as cold, except when the wind spins around. And then it's coming from the same place as the wind would have done coming off the North Sea. So it's what it is. We get on with it, don't we? But I like to talk about the weather. I, I'd spend a lot of time watching. I've got a an app that I trust and seems to be accurate. So I use that to judge when and which day or which time of the day I'm going to be out and about doing things and when I'm going to feed the the girls particularly because you want to get it out in the troughs and spread it out far enough the the bowls and the troughs and if it's uh wet and tipping down with rain they, they, you can't get it far enough apart without it getting spoilt and wasted so they will tend to gather in the stable which is great but it's a little bit more crowded when they're all in there so it's just finding those ways of maximizing the available light maximizing the available dry <laughs> that we get and that kind of thing We've had our visitors again, just briefly. We've had Canada geese back. And we've got that approaching 20. You've got to count them quick because they keep moving. Uh, about approaching 20 ducks. And our, our usuals of the the little grebes and and moorhens. And the moorhens are still around and making some lovely sounds. Uh, yeah. So when we are thinking about moving forward. 
with the alpacas? What is it that we're concentrating on? What's what's your plan? Are you, have you got a plan? Plans are good, but sometimes we're not clear exactly what it is or when it is that we want to be doing things. So I was talking to somebody the other day, they came to, to see the alpacas. They're thinking about having some for themselves and they've got some land and it's that's not a, going to be a challenge, but just trying to work out where are they going? Where are they starting? Where do they want to go? Is it is it that they want to be showing? Is it want to be breeding? Is it they just essentially wanted them as, as pets? And it's as all these things, where you start will determine where you end up uh, or at least make it easier. So if you know where you're trying to get to, then it, you start in a different place if you're just having pets compared to if you want to have high quality animals that you're going to win shows with. So it's thinking those things through and then having a plan, having a trajectory, having a direction that you're facing in and making the best start you can, but knowing that, that you've got step points, staging points along the way that you can work with. So it's always good to be thinking ahead and being clear about what it is you're trying to do. So, okay, maybe you're not starting from scratch. So where are you starting from? Have a think about where you are with your alpacas. How many? What is it? You may be perfectly satisfied and happy exactly as you are, and that's perfectly fine. But if there is a plan that you're moving towards something else, then what's what, what's the next step? What's the next best step that you can take? Is it to get some more information, or is it you need to bring in some new bloodlines, or... Is it you need to find a way of making use of the fleece that you've gathered from your wonderful animals? All of those things need a bit of thought and a bit of planning. And in this wet weather, it's an ideal time to sit down with a cup of tea and a bit of paper and sketch out some ideas of what might be the way going forward. Of course, with the pandemic, it's a nightmare, isn't it? Trying to plan things and organise things and think you know what's happening and then things change and things take longer and things are uncertain. So build that into your equation as well, of course. It's nice to hear from some of you. Thank you for the emails that have been coming through and the messages have been coming through. Really do appreciate that. It's nice to know there's somebody at the other end listening to the podcast. And if you've got any particular questions or things that you'd like me to touch on to cover, then do let me know. I'd love to answer questions that you're actually asking. That's always helpful. And we shall endeavour to help think through together, which is the, the best way forward on those things. The little ones are doing well, continuing to do well, uh, especially when they fluff up and they're dry. There's old Wen is a little bit on the small side with a little <laughs> she's got a little voice, but she's got a coat on at the moment and she didn't half fight when I put that on. And although she was going mm, mm, and really wanting milk from her mum and just seemed a bit a bit frail, <laughs> as soon as I got near enough to take hold of her and put the coat on, she showed that she's actually quite strong and feisty. Thank you very much. She's doing okay. But uh, she's got a bit of extra protection uh, with the coat on, so that's helping her. And the others seem to be be coping nicely. Keeping an eye on the older ones, of course, but we've been having a mixture of weather. It's not too bad, so they, they're managing to dry out and stay warm. But uh, every now and again, the weather forecast they mention, snow. So we need to keep an eye on that. 
Uh, it's usually further north from where we are, quite a bit further north, but we need to be clear that we're in the right place with that. So that's a quick update on where we are in our winter wonderland. No, no, it's not that yet at the moment. It's just our wet, <laughs> our wet whales. So thanks for being with us. Take care and hope you can get to go spend some time with some alpacas, yours or anybody else's. And we hope to see you again soon. Take care. Bye for now. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.